Morning, Relate. Morning. Welcome to week one of Holy Spirit. I am more excited about this session, this series, than I can than I can remember. Uh, I don't think there's anything probably that is more powerful for the Christian's life than having the Spirit of God alive and living and active in us, in our prayer, in our in our day to day decisions. And a big part of kicking that off, you'll see that going right along with the series that we're in, I hope that you'll commit to be here for four weeks, is the 21 days of prayer and the prayer meetings that we'll be having. But this session of this is, I think, the fourth time that we've done 21, 21 days of prayer together because it's the, the we do it in January with prayer and fasting, and then we do it in August with just prayer, just focusing for the end of the year. We want to be closer to God than we've ever been. And that means the fasting is really, prayer is getting closer to God, and fasting is like getting further away from the world. So you figure out how, what, what kind of, what does that look like for you and your walk of faith? But we want to resource you. We want to give you all the things that are necessary that for, for some, maybe it's that you want to learn to pray better, or it might just be that you want to learn to pray and feel more confident in prayer. And one of the ways that we can do that for you is this Pray First Prayer Guide. And so, really, it breaks down prayer in a really simple way. Jesus taught us how to pray. It gives several examples and several models of prayer that I, I, would, I would encourage you, come to prayer meeting, bring this book, and just in the time that we have, we'll have worship together. We'll worship in the house, and then uh, we'll kind of split up for a few minutes. In that time when you're praying, you may just want to open it up and pray the model of prayer that he gives us. Just, just maybe one day you pray, you pray one kind of prayer, and then the next time you pray a different prayer. There's several models, and it just, it's learning to become more dynamic with our prayer and grow in our prayer work. The next thing is this. You, you probably got this on your way in. This is on a table outside, the Next Steps table. Uh, Miss Kim Patton did an amazing job uh, setting it up and, and putting all the prayer resources there together. You should have got a prayer card coming in that is is uh, a few lines here that gives you an opportunity to put your name and then uh, if you want it to be anonymous and then your prayer request just write it out in as many details as you want what we're going to do Wednesday at prayer meeting we're going to pull out all the prayer cards that came in today and we're going to lay them out and then everybody's going to have, have an opportunity we want to pray for them we want to pray for everybody in the church we're going to pray for we're going to have different prayer focuses but every time we meet we're going to have an opportunity to pray for these prayers so if you have a need, or you know of a need, or you have a family member, or a coworker, or a neighbor, somebody that you care about, somebody that you love, who has an issue, let, let, let's take it to the Lord of Prayer. Because over the course of this 21 days, we are believing that not only will we become closer to God than we've ever, ever been, our walk of faith will be stronger than it's ever been, we'll have the best year that we've ever had, and that we'll be able to see God's uh, spirit move, we'll see God's kingdom advance, we'll see people's lives change, Miracles, signs and wonders. Those are the things we're expecting. We're not just going into prayer and saying, Our God, our we're not saying, Lord, bless this food, or Lord, let us live through the night and now lay me down to sleep. We're praying that God would show up in a powerful way. And a part of that is my my twelve targets for God's blessing. You should have got this card on your way, and if you didn't, I'm challenging every single person. Get this, get this card because here's what I want you to do with it. It's a part of your prayer. If you want to carry this around in your wallet, I've known uh, people to take take the list and put it in their shoes, or they're standing on uh, faith and walking by faith for these people. But you want to write down names on here, and you want to believe that God will uh, show up in their life. Maybe it's that you know they need God, or they maybe they've walked away from God. That's why it doesn't say uh, people who need God, because then they might find this card and think you're crazy. So it says, it says, my 12 targets for God's blessing. I'd be happy to have my name on that list. <clears throat> so we're going to pray for people. We want you to be uh, intentional and focused in our prayer. Because I, I don't know if you know this or not, but we can get focused uh, on a lot of things, and none of them are as important as prayer. Like there's some things God wants to do in our life, and we want to see those things come to pass. So with that said, don't forget to pick up those things. But there's one more thing that I want to give you as a reminder, that little uh, 12 prayer targets is a reminder for you, but we want to give you another reminder. So the ushers are coming right now, and those of you who haven't gotten one already, I, don't, I didn't see too many of them coming into the room, but we want to give you this bracelet that says pray first. So they're going to pass those out right now. 
essentially what that is, I want us to be reminded when we wake up in the morning, let's pray. When we have a situation that we're not quite sure about or whenever we're celebrating something or when we're getting ready to go eat or meet somebody or like whatever it is that we're doing, let's pray first. That puts God at the very top of every situation, brings him into the middle of it, and then we don't, it, it, it's almost like we forget to invite God into the middle of, of our life. We want to do life with God. Of course, we want to do life together. But this is a reminder. Some of you guys, I saw some people walk out this morning with uh, like two on each arm. If you need that much reminding, then go for it. <laughs> Whatever it takes to remind you that we need to pray. And uh, this 21 days of prayer, hopefully, is setting pace for us to not only make it a habit to pray, make it a habit to, make, to put God first. But right now, I want us to jump into week number one of the Holy Spirit. Not only do I believe that this is uh, one of the most powerful things missing from most Christians' lives, I think that it's so easy to rectify that problem. But here's what happens. I think that in many ways, God as a whole, and especially the Holy Spirit, has been misrepresented. He's been uh, mislabeled in the church. And so if I say the words Holy Spirit, then most of us get this image uh, or images, or a series of ideas, concepts, things that like, this is what the Holy Spirit is. And I will tell you from much experience that having had those conversations, like, so what is the Holy Spirit to you? Oftentimes our answer is completely wrong. Like, we're way off base. And I think that has happened over the course of generations where people have stood up and said, this is the Holy Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit, or this is the Holy Spirit. And for most of us, we don't have anything to do with that person or those things. And it's scary, and it's weird, and it's like, whoa, dude, <laughs> I, want, I, I love God. And, and a big part of that uh, mislabeling or misrepresentation has been the church or churches, specific churches, or people who have specific encounters with God. They say, this is the only way you can encounter God. And so we've looked at that and said, I love God, but I don't know about you. I love God, but I don't know about that church or that experience. So if that's God, then, and many people have walked away from God, or they've walked away from the idea of the Holy Spirit or God with us, because that's just not what, that doesn't, it's too much. So today, I want to start this message, and I hope that you'll stay with me for all four weeks, and if you can't make it, watch it online, but get this information, get this idea, because really I, I, I want to give you more than information. I want to give you and introduce you to a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to introduce you to someone that you, you may not know, or you think you know because someone told you about him, or someone acted like they knew him, but you didn't want to have anything to do with that. So we're going to dispel some myths. We're going to uh, hopefully introduce you to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit started in, uh, in, the church, in the early church. So watch this. We're going we're gonna to really kick it off with a couple minutes of uh, history and uh, something that we don't do very often, and that is we're going to talk about kind of the, um, the origin of language and, and where the words uh, and the, the definitions of the Holy Spirit came from and how we arrived at our idea of who the Holy Spirit is. And then we're going to jump into some practical things, and I'm going to close with giving you an opportunity and, and, and a decision of how you're gonna leave this room. So let's, let's start with a little bit of the history. So if you're familiar with the New Testament, we got the Old Testament and then uh, that's before Jesus and then the New Testament is, we see the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all tell the same story, but from a little bit of a different perspective and they all kind of, uh, they start at different points. Some of them with the genealogy of Jesus saying who, who begot, who begot, who, leading up to Jesus. Some don't start with that at all. They just start with Jesus and his birth. Uh, one starts with Jesus' birth. And then John starts way back in the beginning. The word was with God. The word was God. And, and leads us to the understanding not just the power of who Jesus is, but then at the end of those, those four books, Jesus tells the disciples, he says, I've trained you, I've taught you, I've taught you, and now it's time for you to go make disciples, and we see like this great commission given, like go start the church, baptize people, disciple people, see their lives change, like do, do the work I've been teaching you, I'm going, and then he says, I'm going to send someone else to help you do the work, so I've come, we've got all this started, I've got to go now, but I'm going to ask the Father to send another one who will stay with you, 
The next one that's coming is not going to come and then leave. The next one that's coming is going to come and stay forever with you. And then we pick up the very next, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the next book is the book of Acts. And Acts is, it's the early church being born. It's, it's showing the disciples, okay? Jesus is gone, we're leaving, going out into all the earth, and it shows how, what happens when they went to this city? What happens when they met this person? And then uh, when they got together, and then the Holy Spirit comes. Now Jesus is gone, they've been given the Holy Spirit, and where we pick up, well, I want to show you a verse in chapter 19, so this is actually decades after the church has begun, the Holy Spirit is with them, spreading like wildfire all over the, all over the known earth. And here comes chapter 19 in, in the book of Acts. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, and you'll recognize some of the words, uh, the names of cities, Corinth, we actually see later that Paul writes a book to the Corinthians, the church there, and... Uh, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, and the church was started there, and eventually he writes a book called Ephesians, which is the church at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Everybody say, some disciples. Some disciples. Okay, that means there were some Christians there at Ephesus. There's some Christians here in this room. Some of y'all are reading ahead. Stop. <laughs> Some disciples he found and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In other words, you believed, you're here, you're Christian, you're at the church. Have you received the Holy Spirit? And their, their response is like, I think some of ours, like, yeah, we're doing the church. We're, we're Christians. We're disciples. We believed. But then there's this peace. And they said, they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. That verse right there, that idea, the concept that there can be disciples, they believe, they're in church, they're, we're doing, we're going through the motions, we're living a life that's redeemed, we, we understand that God loves us, we understand the grace of God, but we're, there, there's an element that's missing, and some of you, maybe you have heard that there was a Holy Spirit, in fact, I think it's hard if you've been a part of a church and not even, in fact, we sang a song this morning called, Holy Spirit, you are welcome, but understanding and knowing and then being readily accepting of the Holy Spirit is another thing because we can go through our Christian walk and our walk of faith and be separated and basically we, we like all the things that God has for us but we have this little partition set up over here with all that Holy Spirit stuff and so he asked them did you receive the Holy Spirit whenever you believed and they said we hadn't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit what are you talking about my hope for every one of you today is to not just hear about the Holy Spirit and to listen to this message, but to understand who he is. So for us to get there, I think we have to understand that the, the Holy Spirit has been given a bad name. It's like he has a bad re reputation in a lot of ways. Even, even among people who love church and love God and love uh, are, their believers and their disciples. But this idea of even the word for Holy Spirit is translated Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. And so we don't like the idea of ghosts. Like, what are you talking about, Pastor Sean? Ghosts? Like haunting and like just the word alone doesn't make it's like, I don't need that in my life. It's almost like it, it doesn't fit within our idea of who God is. In fact, I think for a lot of people, you hear the whole the word Holy Ghost and you think that either means that you need a lot of make a lot more makeup or you need no makeup at all. The idea of the Holy Spirit coming in seems to identify us or classify us in different types of church. And so I don't actually think that's the truth. I think that we need to demystify the Holy Spirit. I think we need to desensationalize it or take the show out of the Holy Spirit because I think what has happened is a lot of times when we say that the Holy Spirit is this or this or this or this, all of those things are really a show. And we take out what the Holy Spirit actually wants to do. And so my challenge for every person is that you will start with a kind of a blank page. Just let's start over. Take out every preconceived idea that you have, like this is the Holy Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit. Let's just start at zero and let God reveal himself to us. Like David said, show me your ways. Like show me who you are, God. Like this is me, my heart's open. If you want me to know you, then let me know you. I don't need someone else to tell me about you. Like let's, this is not even me saying, hey, listen for the next four weeks to what I have to say. 
I'm just going to have a conversation, and my hope more than anything else is that you will experience the Holy Spirit and that God would reveal himself to you, and he would just begin to say, here, here, this is who I am. So let's talk about translation just for a little bit. This is where we're, we're going to get a little bit into the weeds because I think it's important that you know where the word Holy Spirit comes from. And so the, in the Bible, when you open your Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, over 800 times they translated the word uh, for Holy Spirit. And we see that the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, we see this translation. Uh, and it's not actually a great translation. It's actually... Uh, a little bit confusing when you look at the origin of the word. For example, when how many of you know that the Bible wasn't written in English? It wasn't written in Old English. It wasn't. It was written in uh, Hebrew, right? So the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek. And so when they read the Greek word for things like love, then they said, "Hey, this word means love." In fact, there are four words for love, and we translate all four of them. To love. Agape is a Greek word that means a kind of love. <laughs> and they translated it love. So the same kind of thing happens with the Holy Spirit, but it's not a great translation, but it's the only thing they had. So I'm going to show you what, what it breaks into those 800 times. The Old Testament translation for where they got the word Holy Spirit or Spirit of God is Ruach. So everybody say Ruach. ruach. You actually have to say when you say the Ruach. It has to be, that's the Hebrew <laughs> That's enough. You're spitting on your neighbor. <laughs> ruach. And so ruach actually means whenever they whenever they were reading the original uh, Hebrew word, here comes this word ruach. And what it means is a wind, a breath, a violent exhalation, or blast of breath. That is that, that nowhere in there does that say spirit or holy spirit. But whenever they come to that word and it's like they were filled with, okay, ruach. That, they translated it Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to show you a verse that probably most of you are familiar with, Genesis 1-2. You may have read this verse in the very beginning of the Bible. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God, or Ruach, was hovering over the waters. And so I can imagine the original translator seeing this and saying, wait a second. The, and so think about it this way. The the word ruach actually it, it is referencing the wind or the breath of God, but it actually means this. So how can we translate uh, over the surface of the deep and the was hovering over the waters? It's referencing that. And so they translated it to the spirit of God or the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You can see how that might be a little bit confusing. In the New Testament, it's different. It's not ruach, it's the word pneuma. And so pneuma is, again, it's, it's not the actual translation, but it's referring to a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong breeze, almost like a wind, right? But it's not just the wind. It's like there are different kinds of love. It's actually referring to the... And so when they translated it, they translated it spirit because that's the only way they knew how to make it make sense. So John chapter 6, verse 63, the words I have spoken to you are spirit. That's pneuma or and they are life. I feel like this should be our Christianity. We should have the breath of God in us, living in us. We shouldn't be stale. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't feel like everything is uh, stale and stagnant in our faith. We should feel like the breath of the living God is in us, but we've said, hey, I don't think I like that very much. And so we've said, okay, God, I want your love, of course, and I want grace, because that sounds amazing, but I don't know about that. And so, for us this morning, I think it's not it's not a great thing for, for us to live another moment without that breath of God in our life. God is, that breath is something that you want. And so rather than continue to give you de definitions and showing you the history, let's, let's take another step. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how we experience that, or that breath of God. And it's the same, actually, it's the same way that we experience wind or that we experience that gust of air 
And so number one, you can write this down. If you got your notes on your way in, uh, if, you, if you haven't noticed today that if you download the notes, if you're one of those ones that downloads the notes from the YouVersion Bible app by searching Relate Community Church, they changed a little bit. They're evolving. There's a little bit extra in there. So go check it out. Otherwise, you can write it down. I personally am a note taker. I like to write it down in, on paper. So if that's you, you can write this down. Number one, wind is unseen. Wind is unseen. So Jesus... With the disciples, when he tells them, hey, i got to go, but somebody else is coming, I'm going to ask the Father. Said, Here's what he tells them in John chapter 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. In other words, i got to go, but someone else is coming, but he's not going to leave. The spirit of truth, or that pneuma, that that's what it's going to be. And the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So what does that mean? That means that someone else is coming and you won't be able to see him. The world can't see him and they're not going to know him, but you will know him because you will be able, he will be in you, he will live in you, and he will be with you. It's almost like wind where you can't see it, but you can see the results of it. You can see the effects of wind. You can see... In fact, if you go at the, the airport, they need, to, they need immediate, uh, it, they need to know which way the wind is going right now, immediate information. And so they have a wind sock. <laughs> There's a lot of electronic machines and, and robots and things that do everything. Computers, but they need a wind sock tells them, hey, the wind's that way. There, there are times in our lives where we can't see the wind. But I can certainly feel the effects. I can see the effects. And I know that he's with me and he's in me. That's what we need. But here's the deal. There are parts of God that cannot be seen, but we can feel them. We can sense the effects. And really that's my hope for you whenever you, whenever you come to relate that you don't walk away thinking, wow, I love that song. Because you know what will happen? You'll leave here, and then you'll go turn the song on, or you'll come back another time and experience the same song in a different context, and it won't have the same effect. I want you to experience the presence of the living God. I want you to experience the Spirit of God in a way that you walk out of here, and it's like fresh air in, in, in your spirit. Because I can preach a message, and it might get you hyped up, or it might... Wow, that was incredible, Pastor John. I never heard it like that before. But listen, what I hope that you get more than anything is the Spirit of God, a wind in your spirit, the wind in your sails. Because that's something we can't live without. Number two, wind is unpredictable. And I think this is where things get a little bit scary whenever it comes to the Holy Spirit because we're like, whoa, 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 I, I, I don't want any crazy stuff happening in church. I can tell you this, that we go to great lengths to try and make sure that nothing crazy happens. At, like, you know if something's coming. Like, if something's going to happen, I, I tell you every week, hey, nobody's going to come and pull you up on stage, right? <laughs> because that terrifies. In fact, I spent most of my life terrified that I was going to get pulled on stage. <laughs> I got pulled on stage enough to know that, <laughs> not that I need to pull everybody else on stage, but to know that it's terrifying. And that's not the way to do it. Like, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, and, and we say this often, that the Holy Spirit is unpredictable, but he's also a gentleman. Yeah. But some people don't like that part of God, that he's unpredictable. And here's the deal. It's like, we say, God, I, 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 want, I want your power. I want everything that God has for me. But God, if you could just keep it between the lines. If you could just, I want it. That's me, though. I like everything right here in, in the box. Just keep, keep it in the box, God. I don't need anything unpredictable or anything scary. <laughs> That's more like me. There are those in the room, which I won't point out, who love things that are crazy and wild. And is the, the crazier, the better. Let's do it. Let's go. Whatever. Come on. Here's, here's the things we believe, they don't change. 
But I will tell you this, that God doesn't change, but the way that he interacts with us, a lot of times it does change. <laughs> a lot of times he does change. So watch this, John chapter 3, verse 8. Jesus answered them, the wind blows wherever it pleases. They're trying to figure out, Jesus, what, what's going on here? The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit or the pneuma. In fact, Jesus goes on, and he, he's there, and one of the uh, disciples or, or one of the believers comes up and brings a blind man and says, Jesus, could you put your hand on him? Now, now understand this, that the disciple had seen Jesus put his hand on other people and heal them. So he comes, to the, he comes to Jesus with the blind man and says, Jesus, put your hand on him. And if you read it, Jesus doesn't put his hand on him. Jesus doesn't say, be healed. He puts his hand. He doesn't do it that way. In fact, Jesus, at that point, he starts doing something that I think is a little bit crazy. I, if I was the guy who brought the blind man, Jesus reaches down in the dirt and then spits into the dirt, starts making mud, and then spits in the guy's eyes and heals him. If I'm the guy that brings him and says, Jesus, can you put your hand on him and heal him? I can imagine that he's like, whoa, 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 Jesus, I didn't say spit on him. Just put your hand on him. I know you can because I've seen you do it. Now what do you... Here's why I think that happens. It's because time after time after time, we see something happen with God. Or we see something happen by faith. Or we see the Spirit of God move in a certain way. And we come to expect it that way. It's almost like when Moses went and experienced God, experienced the Spirit of God with a burning bush in, in the wilderness, right? Here's a burning bush. What if Moses would have come back and said, guys, I got something to tell you. I just, like something incredible just happened. The Spirit of God was there, and there was this burning bush. So next time you see a burning bush, it's the Spirit of God. And oh, by the way, that's the way God moves. So anything else y'all see, it, that's not God. It's the, spirit, it's the burning bush where God is. Or how about later when the, the Israelites were in the wilderness and there was a plume of fire in the sky? That is how the Spirit of God moves. What if the only time we ever believed that the Spirit of God showed up was when there was a plume of fire in the sky? Or what about whenever in the New Testament, <laughs> they're there and Balaam's donkey speaks. I can only imagine the disciples saying, wow, I thought donkeys were dumb. But you know what? I think we should worship them because they, <laughs> this one talked. And so we start actually to worship the thing the way that God moved, rather than the spirit behind the thing. And so we have this expectation that this is the only way God moves. In fact, there have been churches, there have been denominations that have arisen out of one person's experience with God, and they're basically saying, hey, I saw a burning bush, and that's what this church is about. Yeah, first church of the burning bush, thank you. Somebody said that. Because we just start something, right? If we, It's something new, guys. God's moving in bushes. I don't know, but that's what we do. But the, the real truth is that God's spirit moves, and I think he likes to change it up so that we don't get attached to one way. We don't start worshiping the hand or the donkey or the burning bush or the plume of fire. We worship the spirit of God. Our God moves however he wants to move. And we have to be that blank page that says, God, I need you, and however you want to show up, if you want to talk to me with the donkey, I'm ready for that, but... I'd rather a different way, but I, whatever you want, God. And I think that's walking by faith every day where we're saying, God, whatever you want to do, in, however you want to speak. And the next one, not only is it unpredictable and unseen, but it's powerful. Wind is powerful. If you're living in this city, for any length of time, I lived in Laporte for a lot of years, and we're a lot closer to the, to the water over there. I can remember when I think it was Hurricane Rita came through. We did. We I've ridden out several hurricanes, and everybody else is leaving. I don't know what possessed us. Hey, we got to stay here. I don't know. But at, in the middle of Rita, uh, or was it Ike? One of the two of those. We were here, and it sounded like a freight train outside the building. The building was shaking, and I thought maybe this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> this, this might have been a bad idea, but at, at, I, the contrast between 
when we finally got the eye came over us and we walked outside it was like wow where'd all the wind go it was eerily still it was like we were in this place where there was no wind it was like dead but then just a few moments later here comes the wind again as the uh, eye wall comes the force and the power of that wind is like the part where we want God's power but when it comes to God's power and the Holy Spirit it's like uh, it's a little bit too uncontrolled for me. I want it to. I want to keep it between the lines. I like, I like to understand what I'm doing. I like to, for it to all make sense. I don't like any of my food touching. Like I, some of you guys, that's like. <laughs> if that's you, we won't call you out. But hey, sometimes God wants to move how God wants to move. And we want the power of God. Sometimes you just have to say, Hey, all right, God, I'm ready. I don't understand it. I'm not quite comfortable with it, but I think that's part of it. Or I'm not quite comfortable with it because he's God. We read on Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So when we receive that gift, and it's like, it's like when Paul says to the disciples, have you guys been filled with the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Whatever you believe, they said, no, we don't, we don't know. <laughs> Never heard of him. When you do receive him, here comes the power. In fact, in the 19th century, Charles Finney, who was an attorney, also a Presbyterian minister, he was content to live his life without the Holy Spirit, without that power of God. And when he was in his 80s, he wrote these words. He said, the Holy Spirit descended on me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. I love that. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. Like that's what we need in our lives. We can resist it, but... What a shame it is for us as believers to go our entire lives and not have the breath of God, not have that power, that unforeseen force of the presence of God and the relationship. And wait till we're, who knows how old, to where we finally receive it. And finally, wind is refreshing. Not just unpredictable and powerful and unseen, but it's refreshing. And this is the difference. Uh, how many of you guys remember, not just last week, I don't, I don't know what kind of a, it was this freaky cool front that we had in June where the, the, uh, the temperature dropped down and all of the humidity dropped down. And I walked outside and I thought, what happened? <laughs> I feel alive. This is amazing. I'm going to be outside as long as I can. I'm riding in the car and I'm not going to say who, but people riding with me were upset that I roll all the windows down. I'm like, no, babe, this is, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> this is amazing. I just want to roll the windows down and be outside. It's, it's awesome. But that's like when the Holy Spirit breathes into us. It's like this refreshing feeling like, wow, what did I do before this? That's what we need. Can you show me the next slide? Wind is refreshing. And so let me give you some practical steps now. In the time that I have left, I want, to, I want you to write this down. This is what we need to do. Through the course of the next, uh, after this week, three more Sundays, I hope that you'll join me throughout the whole session because if there's any, any sermon series that I feel like us as a church, we need to hear. We need to have this part of our faith. It's the Holy Spirit. So practical step number one, let go of fears and misperceptions. Again, blank page. God's not spooky or weird. Proverbs 3, 5 says it so simply. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. In other words, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. And if we can come to that place like David, just show me who you are, God. I, I'm willing to trust God. You don't have to trust me. You don't have to trust the person sitting next to you. But if we can come into the presence of a living God and just with a blank page say, God, I don't have any, I'm not going to put you in a box. I don't have any preconceived ideas of my expectations of how you'll do what you do. I'm not looking for a hand or a donkey or a fire. But whatever you want to do, that's what God wants from us. Number two, go all in. I've said this many times before, but here's the deal. Part-time Christianity doesn't work. 
you go to church once a month or on Easter and Christmas for the rest of your life, it's not really going to make that much of a difference. In fact, you might leave and feel great. You might walk out and feel like, wow, that was, that was pretty, pretty cool. I guess I'll come back sometime. But what happens is real Christianity and real walk of faith happens when we're, when we're all in. Not just, and I would even go beyond that. I would even say it's not just about going to church every Sunday. Because my real hope for you is not that you'll come to church every Sunday. My real hope for you is that you'll be all in with God. And for me, what that looks like is when I was 16, I was in church every day. Like any time I could be there. I'm involved. If they had small groups, I'm in. If they had, if they have a surf team, dream team, I'm in. If they had a uh, prayer breakfast, I'm in. If they had a program and I didn't, I was, it, it, like now we we kind of figure out. Okay, that kind of fits me. I'll do that. I was there all the time. If they had a prayer breakfast for all the old men, I was going. <laughs> I was just gonna be there. My challenge to you is to just go all in, because when. Jeremiah 29, 13 sums it up. You seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Yeah. Like go all in and then you'll find them. Because when you do it, just part ways and then you turn around a month, two months, two years later and say, you know what, this isn't really, it's not really working. I don't know what happened, but you know, I'm not feeling what they're feeling. I'm not experiencing what they're experiencing. It looks like they're getting a lot out of this. I don't, what's wrong with me? Maybe they're faking like when you go all in, now you're getting it. It starts to make sense. So maybe not this, maybe not today, maybe not this 21 days of prayer. But here's the deal. I, I want you to figure out when is the season, plan for it, strategize in your life, and, and just decide, okay, this fall, this session of small groups coming up. You've got a month from now. Go all in. Like plan it. Maybe it's 21 days of prayer. Maybe it's the session of small groups that's going to happen. Maybe it's the next time we go around with, with, with growth tracks. Something where you're jumping in beyond maybe it's your comfort level. And just say, I'm, God, I'm all in. Show me what you want to show me. And then watch what that refreshing is. I think there was, there was a lot of times whenever I was, um, even at 16, 17, 18, I, I had grown up in church. And, you know, I grew up in a, a spirit-filled, charismatic church back in the 80s. Charismatic, charismania is what they called it. That was, that was some, there was some crazy folks in the church back then. Still in, still in the church, probably. But <laughs> I'm telling you right now, the church that I went to, <laughs> Holy Spirit or not, they were doing things that I was uncomfortable with. In fact, it, might not, it wasn't anything bad. It was like every... every Every Sunday, like if, if somebody just felt like getting their flag out and waving it around, like real flag, I'm not talking about a pretend flag, hypothetical flag, I'm talking about a real flag they brought to church, they're going to wave it around and you're not going to say anything. <laughs> in fact, during service sometimes, I shouldn't even be talking about this, they would just get all pumped up in, in worship and just decide to start a march around the building. We're going to start a march, and by the time it was over, it was 100 people marching around the room. Like, where are we going? I don't know. We're just marching. <laughs> the only time I ever joined that is whenever someone grabbed me and said, we're going. I was like, no, I, I'm over here in my chair. Listen, sometimes there's some weird things that go on, but I, I remember as a teenager, as an older teenager, 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, saying, God, I want everything you have, but I don't want that. Like, I think that's weird, and there's some other things. And, in fact, I would go and get prayed for, and I would go, and, like, I would stand in the altar and pray and say, God, I want everything you have for you for me, but, you know, I, I don't want to fall on the ground. That's weird. Or I don't want to be one of those people that, like, convulses, and, like, I don't want none of that stuff. In fact, I can remember being in a circle, uh, and, and in a prayer breakfast one time, waiting to get prayed for, and everybody's praying, and it's, it's good, it's prayer. And then somebody's walking around praying for everybody, laying hands on them, and then boom, they fall. And then the next one, boom, they fall. And it's getting closer and closer to me, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and that's the moment when I'm like, I feel like I'm getting prayed for, and I just gonna put my, my foot back. I'm just not going to fall down. <laughs> Listen. It's that moment where I'm like, God, I want everything you have, but I want to keep it right here. <laughs> Don't make me do any of the weird stuff. 
But here's the deal, when God actually, whenever I actually do release, say, okay, fine, God. If it means I have to fall down to get what you have for me, I'll do it. But I promise you that wasn't it. In fact, the refreshing that comes and whenever we actually get what the Holy Spirit has for us, it's not what we expect. It's not this preconceived thing that's been built. It's something totally different. Number three, develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. It's so afraid we don't have the greatest gift that God gives us to have the friendship. That It wasn't too long ago that we would sing the song that I'm a friend of God. That God wants to be your friend. God wants to take away the loneliness and the solitude that we often come to in life because he puts his spirit in us. He wants to be God with us. And we cut that out because it's too weird. We got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We experience each of those in a different way. We experience uh, all three of those parts or those persons of God. I want you to know all three. That's my prayer, that you know and experience and understand all three. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, watch this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's a benediction from, the, that's like a, a prayer that's at the end of the, the letter. But it's referencing the three ways, the three relationships that we have with God. Like we want his love. Of course we want the grace of Jesus Christ. Then there's also this communion with the Holy Spirit that unfortunately what happens is a lot of us will experience two out of three. We're okay with two out of three, like Charles Finney or the guys that Jesus talked to or the, the guys that Paul talked to at Ephesus where they had two, but they didn't, they didn't have three. They didn't. We've never heard of the Holy Spirit. The message version says it even, even more clearer, I think. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Like, I want you to have that intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. I think, I fear more than anything that you'll just have two out of three and be okay with it. Write this down, the last couple things. God the Father loves me. Like, you may not understand that. You might, you might not be able to feel the love of God. But if God does anything, he loves us. One of the most famous verses that even unbelievers know the verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He didn't just, for God loved the world. No, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That he made a way for us by giving his son. And I can tell you this, that I love you a lot. I, we say this all the time. Angela and I talk about it every day. How much we love you guys. How much it means to us to see you taking steps of faith and growing and God moving in your life. And like that is so precious to us. In fact, often we say, hey, we're not going to talk about relating right now. Let's talk about some, let's talk about us or let's talk about the kids or let's talk about our trip or what inevitably comes back to relate. We start talking about you guys and start celebrating what God's done because it means so much to us. Like I love you. And I love you a lot, but there's no way I'm ever going to give up my son for you. Kind of love. But God did. That's how much God loves us. Number two, God, God the Son saves me. And Jesus laid down his life. He hung on a cross to die for our sin. He had nails piercing his hand and a crown of thorns on his head. He was bruised and broken, and his life was taken. He was crucified for our sin so that we didn't have to be. He saves us. He is sacrificed. He's a spotless lamb that was sacrificed for our sin. So that that's why we that's why priests don't have to stand at an altar and kill a lamb or kill an animal to atone for sin, because Jesus, the spotless lamb, atoned for every sin from now on. He paid a price that none of us can pay. Like, he paid for us. He bought and paid for us. But we're not content to just have those relationships with God because there, there's a third part, and that's God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to make you crazy. The Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with you. The Holy Spirit wants to have that intimate 
relationship with you. And what happens is for some people, some personalities, some characters, that is intimate for them. Like the way they express, their expression of that intimate relationship looks different than yours. And so can we be open? And can we just say, God, however you want to have an intimate relationship with me, that's what I want. Because for those of you sitting in the room saying, you know what, I, I've been a part of this for a long time, but I don't, I'm not experiencing what they're experiencing, someone else. You see it happen for other people. You, you, you hear what they're saying. It doesn't quite, it doesn't gel with the, your experience with church or with God. I'm telling you, the key is not church. The church is the body of Christ. We should relate together. Then we find healing together. We, we do life together. But you knowing God is really contingent upon you knowing the Holy Spirit. Pastor Chris Hodges wrote a book called Fresh Air. And in the book, the very first chapter, he talks about, the chapter's called The Doldrums. And so you may have heard that word in reference to like um, character and personality, like the, the human condition. We get into the doldrums. It's like a depressed kind of kind of. Uh, place in our life, but really the doldrums is a physical place on earth, and it's it's found really at the around the equator, and sailors would, would, would sail across the ocean and find themselves in this place where uh, the north and south headwinds kind of come together, and they cancel each other out, and there's no wind. There have been movies and books written about sailors that just kind of dead in the water. And if they wandered into the doldrums, there's no wind, in those days, they couldn't just paddle out. They would drift off into the doldrums, and they would die there. Some of you guys have drifted in to relate this morning, and you're in the doldrums. You're in a place where there's no wind, and you're on the, you, you are drifting to death. But I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit wants to breathe new life into you. The Holy Spirit wants you to have... We're so scared of what could happen <laughs> that we say, I don't want that. So would you, with me, would you just invite the Holy Spirit to say what he wants to say, move how he wants to move, and I promise you'll never look back and you'll never regret it. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now and we want to know you, God, a God that loves us and we want to know the, the saving power and the grace of Jesus Christ, but we also want to know that intimate relationship with you, Holy Spirit. We're a blank page before you today, God. We ask you to speak to us. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say to us, we're ready. However you want to breathe life into us, that's what we want. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be that one or two or five in the room or more that you don't know the love of God. You don't know what it means to have a relationship with a God that loves you. Maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your earthly father, and so a dad that loves you doesn't even make sense. But I, I promise you that if you'll give him a chance, he'll show you what that love looks like. He'll show you what unconditional, undeserved grace means. That means it doesn't matter how bad or how good you've been. It doesn't matter what you've said, what you've done to other people. You can come to God and say, I'm ready to come home. I'm ready to stop running. I'm ready to stop fighting. I'm ready to stop paddling my boat and fighting for life. And just let him breathe new life into you. If that's you and you're in the room today with every head bowed and every eye closed, you want to be included in that prayer that we're about to pray, would you just raise your hand right now in the room? You want to give your life to Jesus right now. I want you to just raise up your hand. I'm not going to call you forward or stand up or any of that. Just in this moment, thank you very much. Just raise your hand up. Thank you, thank you. Would you repeat these words after me? Everyone in the room, everybody online watching right now, would you repeat these words? God, I thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Right now, I receive your love. And I receive salvation. Forgive me of my sin. Today, I surrender my life. Come and live in me. 
Come and change me. Now would you just say these words, God, I give you my life. You can have it. Do whatever you want with it. Take me wherever you want to take me. Speak whatever you want to speak into my life. Make me who you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer. I love that you took that step today. And the ushers are going to get into position, but let me let me ask you for something. So just hang on one second. If you said that prayer for the very first time, I would love to know about it. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to come to your house, but I would love to, to give you a book that would help you take some next steps, what comes next, and I would love to help uh, show you what step two and step three looks like just in walking by faith and living the life that God has prepared and destined for you. So I'm going to invite the band to join me back on stage. We're going to sing one more song in closing. And, of course, the ushers, everybody's in position. I don't know about you guys, but Brother Scott, it's good to see you back standing up. So keep getting stronger. Keep watching those workout videos and intimidating me. It makes me feel like I should be working out more. So those of you who are uh, new to Relate, if, if you're still trying to figure out if, number one, you want this to be your home church or you... If you want to attend here, that, that's totally fine. You can take as long as you like. But we want for this service to be our gift to you. We don't expect you to give. Those of you who are at home this morning, we now's the time to go ahead and prepare your, your tithes and your offerings. I want to say thank you to every person for not just helping us continue to, to do all the things. Like We have hopes and dreams to, to do more and more and more in this city. I know our teams are gearing up to give away back-to-school stuff to all the kids and inviting and helping people who are less fortunate and uh, moving in, of course, to to Thanksgiving and holiday seasons. That just amps up. That ramps up. It gets, it gets really big. We're going to do a lot of things. Uh, some of you guys have requested and asked that we that we make. There's some little changes that, that are will really help us out a lot with the sound system and making it sound the way that it needs to sound. And uh, so... All of those things are made possible only only because you guys are giving and we're able to reach and touch and see more and more lives transformed. So thank you for that. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being faithful. I love being part of a generous church of generous people, seeing that you guys, uh, you're just awesome. And so I want to thank you for that. So we're going to close with uh, 